Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have come to an end! The Giants have won the pennant! Brad, here a couple days before Christmas here. Your, one of your favorite seasons. How's it going in the That's Evans right. household? It's going good. It's hectic per usual. Uh, you know, when you have a large Spanish family and a large Italian family, there's always, uh, you know, a lot of getting ready and everything. And then uh, both moms had uh, surgeries this the past couple of months. So we're hosting Christmas Eve here. And then uh, the next day we will... Uh, swap out dishes and everything else, and we'll do Christmas Day here for the other side of the family. So, uh, so yeah, a lot, a lot of craziness, a lot of running around, but we like it. We're, we're having a good time. We still are fitting in Elf uh, tonight. I'm going to fit in Christmas Vacation. Yeah, so I pop that on while I'm wrapping some gifts tonight. So, yeah, we're getting there, man. How about you guys? Uh, so. We have the kids until Saturday, so Christmas Eve. Their dad's going to pick them up, and uh, he he spends Christmas Eve with them. Then I'm going to go to see uh, my kids, and we're going to go to my ex's house for her family's party. So me and Crystal, and uh, and then on Sun uh, on Sunday, uh, my stepkids come back with their dad, and and we do Christmas there. And then later in the evening, my kids will come and we'll watch the Warriors game uh, later. So, yeah, it's just like a full two days of back and forth. And I, I thought ours was crazy, man. You guys. <laughs> yeah, you guys got a lot going on. What are you doing Thursday night? Here's a trick question. What are you doing this Thursday night? Thursday night. Let's see. I just, Thursday will be the 22nd. Yeah. 22nd. There's a certain movie hitting the theaters on Thursday night. Uh, I, I assumed you were going to be there on opening night. No, I don't know Whitney, what it is. What is it? The Whitney Houston biopic. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that because there's a soundtrack to this movie. Yes. And I just found it on Apple Music and I was listening to some of it. And they take some of her songs and they're like doing like dance remixes of them. And then okay. there's more conventional stuff. And then there's also old stuff that uh, that that is not easily found. And I was just sitting there thinking like, man, they're really going big with this soundtrack because 
I don't know about this movie. Like, have you seen any of the trailers for it? <laughs> I've seen the trailer, and actually, the trailer saw it a couple nights ago, and I thought, well, I mean, I could probably. And I'm not a big biopic person. Like, I'm a huge yeah, Elvis hard. fan. Yeah, I'm a huge Elvis fan. I haven't even watched the Elvis biopic with Tom Hanks and all that yet. Um, it's just it, it, generally, it's not my thing. But I saw that, and I go, oh, I, I think I could handle that. I mean, it it didn't look that bad. The the um actress who plays Whitney Houston looks very much like Whitney Houston. So you probably get immersed in the, you know, in, in the, the realness of it, but I thought it looked kind of cool. Uh, I'm not a huge Whitney fan. I like some of her music and some of her dance remixes actually uh, show up on Apple fitness plus when I'm doing some of my workouts, all of a sudden I'll hear a song and I go, oh, that sounds familiar. And it's like a big dance remix of a Whitney Houston song. So um Funny you say that about the soundtrack. I'm gonna have to look into that because those were some cool jams to work out to. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think I'll, I'll probably check it out. <laughs> but again, I have a line of like eight other biopics I, I still have to get. Wait, to. so uh, okay, actually, let me ask this question, but yes. then I'm gonna get to the next one. Since since we brought up movies and look, there's gonna be a lot. There's gonna be stuff that you and I are gonna talk about that are giants related, but it's not like we are chock full. Like all the stuff has been done and. There's just some yeah. concern over a young man named Carlos Correa and why his press conference was canceled today. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. But, uh, okay, the biopic thing, going back to that. I saw which, okay, the uh, Freddie Mercury one. Did you like right. that? I have not seen it. Okay. So, as like I told you, there are so many that, like, I, I've never even seen 42. I haven't seen 42 yet. And that's a bad baseball fan right there. I've seen 42. 42 was good, but it was Dis Disney, right? So yeah, it wasn't yeah, like yeah. The, the real story. So okay. So and, and Chadwick Boseman, right? Yeah, Chadwick was he, yeah, he was and, and I love him. I think he's fantastic. So yeah. Uh okay, so the problem with the Freddie Mercury movie to me is that it seemed like the goal of the director was to recreate the performances, right? Yeah. Like the giant performances, Wembley Stadium, all that stuff, right? Yeah. And I think they did that really well. Oh, okay. yeah, it was it was excellent. Awesome. Now, listening to Queen music in the theater is cool, right? Yes, blasting yeah, in the yeah. theater, very cool. But guess what? I could go on YouTube, and I could watch those performances in real life. Yes, the stuff that I can't watch. Is the stuff that I don't know about. Yeah. And that's the stuff that they, I don't think that they, because it was all about recreating these things that we already knew. And I wanted more story. I wanted more about yeah. him, more about uh, the woman that he was with early, uh, more about, uh, and, and like the timelines of things, like when he was HIV positive compared to when Queen got back to, like there was, there was like irregularities in the timeline. Wow. Now I'll, I'll go to another one. There was a a, a bio on uh, Tupac called uh, All Eyes on Me. I think that's what it was called. Uh, my problem was that they went to so much effort to recreate the music videos with the oh, actor no. playing Tupac. And I was like, <laughs> I've seen these videos a hundred times. I don't need to see them anymore in, in an acted version of a music video. I want yeah. the story. I want to know about his mom. I want to know. So, that is my, my main problem with, with biopics. Now, with the Whitney Houston one, my main problem is that they're not going to tell the real story. 
because so there there's this uh there was this fallacy about her life uh especially when Bobby Brown comes into the picture because I don't know how many people I've heard say oh if it wasn't for that Bobby Brown Whitney Houston wouldn't have gone off the deep end like she did no and the real story is that she and her brothers were uh, were even harder partiers than Bobby. And you could argue that if Bobby didn't meet Whitney, he may not have gone into some of the, the issues that he had. Like she was very wow. clearly the one who, who had more issues than he did when they met. Now, when they were together, yeah. it was a different story. So that's the kind of stuff where I'm just like, I know the story and I don't want the the nice, nice version of Whitney. There's some stuff about her sexuality that I I, I want to see if they go into. I'm going to guess not, but who knows? Maybe they will. And I'll be totally surprised and totally happy and, and want mm-hmm. to see it. But yeah, so those are, those are my worries about it, but yeah. Uh, and, and that makes sense because like when, uh, and especially when you talk about like recreating the music videos and see, we know those. I mean, if you're a fan, you've seen these music videos same, and I think they did a really good uh, job in, um, uh, straight out of Compton, I think of NWA. They that was didn't a good go one. into. Yeah, they didn't go like here's a music video, and we're gonna play you now a whole song. Like, yeah. No, we we know all of the, all of the songs, and we yeah. we've seen the videos, and we know all of that stuff. Give us the background, the record contracts, and everything. And they went into all of that, and that was great. I, I could watch that movie again. I like. Yeah, that, that was that was a really good one, and I would say that is one that was done right, right. and also NWA as big of a hip hop group as they were, they were still not as that story was still not as well known as some of these other stories were. So they, 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 you were able to kind of learn some stuff. I did, I did get, uh, I think Yahoo sports or Yahoo something put a tweet of mine in, uh, one of their stories around this movie because, uh, in the, like the very first few minutes of the movie, easy E's like trying to rob somebody's house or whatever. And he's Uh, wearing, and he's wearing the white socks hat. And I was like, wait, that White Sox hat didn't come out until 1991. <laughs> the script is wrong in that hat. It was the old White Sox. So he's probably wearing, supposed to be wearing an L.A. Kings hat in that. But that so that wasn't my thing. And yeah, that, some some like the, thing picked it up and, and, and put the tweet in the article. The whole Tom and Pammy thing on on uh, uh, on Hulu as well. Tom and Pammy with, uh, a, a, you know, uh, the guy who played Winter Soldier. I don't uh-huh. know actors and actresses names, but that that's good. We're almost done with that. But same thing is they're interweaving the music that Tommy is making at the time with other stuff. And I'm like, that's not that comes like four years later. And so they kind of just, you know, throw you off a little bit with the time frame of things. But, you know, maybe it's because they don't want to show, you know, they don't want to have to do a whole thing of Motley Crue and, and Vince Neil and all the other guys, uh, McMars and stuff. So, um, so yeah, that kind of throws you off when you're watching it. Uh, Denise is like, can you just watch this? Yeah, no, I said, I no, 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 I got it. I got it. This is supposed to be 1993. <laughs> Hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Oh, all right. Let's, let's talk about some giant stuff. We kind of buried the Carlos Correa lead. And the reason why I was yeah. comfortable with us burying that lead is because the Giants have gotten radio silent on us. And we don't know anything. What is going on here? <laughs> Carlos Correa was scheduled for this giant press conference. They were going to celebrate this guy. And it was going to be this great, you know, introduction to him. And earlier this morning, we got word that they had to scrap the whole thing. And 
We don't know why, other than there was some test that uh, they're waiting for the results for. Now, when you throw that word test out there in in uh, 2022, I think most people immediately think, oh, is it COVID related? Because that's what I immediately thought. Now was I even, he in, was he in Puerto Rico and coming back and and had to test and yeah that's what we thought and I even thought that before I saw the test thing when someone had tweeted someone had reached out to me this morning and was like what's uh oh this could be like worst case scenario and I go well it's possible maybe he got COVID and and that's why like that's where my brain goes with almost all of this stuff now like even even when you're reporting uh, injuries in the NBA today they'll say oh this person is sick and then they'll specify non-COVID illness. Like that's where everybody's mind goes. Yes. And so Carlos Correa uh, is, I, I, I can't even tell what the wording is on his contract because if you go to the Giants website, they do say that the Giants signed Sean Manea and the Giants have signed Ross Stripling. There's no mention of signing actual coming to terms with Carlos Correa yet. And it is because of whatever this is, that is the holdup, whether it is a physical, whether it is they found something in, in his physical that they didn't like, and maybe they have to rework some details of the contract around. Um, if this was, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, and, and this is not what it is, but when I was uh, 14, uh, I was playing high school basketball and we were in study hall and Magic Johnson had been sitting out the preseason games and they were just calling it flu-like symptoms and flu-like symptoms were like three weeks long of flu-like symptoms. And then finally my, uh, my basketball coach goes like, Oh yeah, he's HIV positive. And we were just all gobsmacked. Right. But that, that's why, you know, that's what you think of when the team becomes so secret. Now I'm not, I I'm, I'm pretty not, I can't, no one can be a hundred percent sure, but I'm sure it's not something like that. But right. like my mind goes like, okay, what are the possibilities here? He got COVID, he's hurt, and um, you know if he's hurt, then maybe the the contract is different, or maybe they don't sign him, uh, which is worst case scenario. Uh, he's got some other illness that he's dealing with. Um, there, there's a, a, a some sort of you know, and, and then with tests, you're talking medicals and physical. Like there's all kinds of weird things that where your mind goes that is probably not uh, not smart to go to because we don't know any information. Yeah. So that's that's the problem with the Giants holding back information is our minds are going like, okay, what could this be? And you just hope that it's nothing and that everything is fine, not only because we want him on our team, but also like the health of this dude. Like you want, the, you want him to be healthy. Yeah, and, and cause, so my mind goes to things more like, and, and we know he has back issues, but somebody tweeted today, I think it was Susan Slesser that said, it's not a back issue. And, uh, and the they tw- kind of ruled the, that out. The twins also know his medicals well, and right. supposedly they were in on him, right? They were trying to resign him. So if that was the case, then it probably, you know, they probably wouldn't have been so, going so hard at him. Yeah, and and so it could be. I mean, could it be a heart issue, an undiscovered heart issue? Uh, I, I mean, there's there's a million things it could be. Um, did he tear something? Was he just uh, you know out of the country and doing something and and hurt himself before he signed the contract? I think we would have heard about that beforehand. So I mean, again, speculation everywhere. Um, 
Jeff Young, a, a friend of the show, he just mm-hmm. tweeted out uh, ju- just a few minutes ago um, something that Ron Blome wrote uh, for an AP article earlier today on Carlos Correa. And yeah. in quotes, it says, in most cases, in a situation like this, the agent and team would work together to get past the issue. He wouldn't go out and open up the marketplace again, absent exhausting trying to resolve this. So, um, I, you know, I see a lot of tweets on there like, oh, you know, we we <laughs> we had Aaron Judge for seven minutes and and we had uh, Carlos Correa for six days. Yeah. But I, I mean, this I, I it would take something absolutely catastrophic catastrophic um to the health yes and well-being of carlos correa for this deal to go away at this point and yes. obviously we hope we hope he's fine yeah. um you know if he's got a tweaked knee or something uh, they're still probably going to just hey let's make sure the knee is good nothing's torn blah 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 move on okay two days later we're going to do the big reveal we're going to do the sign and all that so i'm not too terribly worried but like you said the radio silence from the giants brass is a little deafening at this point it's yeah uh, you know we'd we'd like to know what's going on if it's a tweak knee man we may need to check his birth certificate because i went for a walk today (laughs) oh no (laughs) and there's something going on my left knee it stiffened up on me it tried to lock a couple times. I was bending it. There's something going uh, on with it. So we, he may, he may, we may, he may be older than we, we realize. We can't have you coming up here to Reno in the winter <laughs> because we still have ice on the sidewalks, and I don't need you. Oh, I would bail. You know, I would fall so fast. Yeah, we don't need you tearing both knees and having to, you know, dig into your hip and then grab some ligaments and replace your knees and all that good stuff. So yeah. All right. So let's actually uh, go back a little bit because. As sometimes happens, is news breaks like right after we record. Uh, of course. And, you know, Correa was on our radar after Judge. Now, I saw others who actually preferred him to Judge just because of his age and, and the, his position. Uh, yeah. I will not say that. I think we were probably Judge 1. And I know you even had, uh, Bo- I think, Bogart's ahead of Correa on your wish list. I, I had Correa as number yeah. 2. But, you know, uh, in the top three or, or four of the people that we wanted the Giants to sign and, and they got him. And so, you know, as much as we were and, and I'll have a little bit more on this judge thing, we are going to do one more judge report because of that Buster only piece. And you and I have talked about it a little bit, but I've, I've been thinking a lot about it just because uh, of how it how the things had happened. And probably, you know, if John Heyman didn't tweet what he did, I probably wouldn't even care anymore. But there was there was right. something to that tweet, and that that's kind of what I what I'm intrigued about. But anyway, uh, we got the guy right. It, whether he was he was probably second on their list, I, I would I would guess based on how we yeah. saw it. But we got a guy. We got one of the biggest catches in the offseason. and that has to mean something for a team who is so used to coming in second place on these guys. Carlos Correa may not be the game changer that Bryce Harper is. But he may be that consistent piece up the middle to sort of extend from uh, when B. Craw comes comes in 2011, you know, maybe through 2030. We just have a shortstop who's just an ace, you know, in that lineup every day or just about every day. And th- yeah, that's that, you know, that's going to be 20 years of you know, uh, uh, of consistency or maybe may- maybe by 2028, Correa is playing third or he's whatever. But still. Like that's a good longevity there, and it's a really good position for them to shore up. I thought. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's he's basically Brandon Crawford in his prime, but a better hitter. Uh, and then so that's what you're getting with Correa. Um, injury history, uh, you know, he's only played more than 110 games twice, right, uh, in his career. So that that's a little troubling. And and then to throw gasoline on the fire, we have today uh, where there's uh, something in his medical history that they want to just uh, you know double check on. Um, but again, I don't need, we don't even know a hundred percent if that's truth, if that's what's holding this up. Um, we've just seen bits and pieces. Uh, I, I don't know if it's even been confirmed. I think it was an, an anonymous person. Uh, from the Giants camp that said that there was a medical issue. But, but again, how much do we really know? I, I, we haven't seen a confirmation from the right. Giants yet on that. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, Correa is one of those guys. You, 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 I mean, we haven't seen post-COVID. This is the only sports um, uh, a league that is giving out contracts with not just a Brinks truck, but two Brinks trucks. I mean, mm-hmm. we're seeing 13 year deals and 11 year deals and, and nine year deals. Uh, we, we haven't seen that in baseball other than Bryce Harper. I mean, it, it just didn't happen, but all of a sudden here we are post COVID. Uh, so the giants losing out on judge, they had to do something. I talked to a, a giants buddy, um, who plays in our fantasy football and our fantasy baseball leagues. And I saw him at work the other day and he said, what do you think of Correa? I said, well, you know, that that's what they had to do. They had to go 13. They had to bring the number down also to a respectable 27 million a year. Um, and, and so they had to say, look, we've, we've got to do this. It's going to be a long contract. And he said, but 41 years old. I said, well, if we didn't give it to him, somebody else was going to. So, so that you kind of have to look at it that way from a giant's perspective. Um, you know, and, and also per Jeff Young, as as you see, we read a lot of Jeff Jeff Young. We follow a lot of the people who are on our show because we like them. Yeah. Uh, but he 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 said after 2024, the Giants are only going to have 47 million in guaranteed salaries. So so if you think we're giving Correa too much money, there's still there's plenty of money to give out after the 2024 season, uh, and it could even be. You know, it could even be a really good number after the 2023, 2023 season because the Manea deal is, uh, you know, if he pitches well, it's a one-year deal. Uh, Ross Stripling, if he pitches well, it's a one-year deal. So they could both be off the books after 2023. Um, you know, it's a move they had to make. They had to make it. And, and who's to say he wasn't their number one choice? But Boris said, I want to see what happens with Judge first. Right. And then – we'll go ahead and talk contracts, which he very well could have because he knew it was, you know, judge one Correa two in all of major league baseball. And that also just kind of went back and forth as you looked at different um, uh, uh, magazines and stuff, magazines, who reads magazines, <laughs> websites. Come on. There you go. <laughs> uh, okay. So what did you think of Brandon Crawford's response to the idea that he will more than likely have to, play a new position for the majority of his, of his games this year. It's exactly what I expected. I mean, Brandon Crawford is a team player. Uh, he knows he's in San Francisco for one more year. He knows that the new kid is here to play shortstop. Um, you know, he's got youth. He's got a platinum glove. Um, Brandon Crawford is not one to shy away from a challenge. So if they say, we want you to split time at short and third, 
uh, and be a team player and, and do this for, for the good of the team and we want to win some ball games next year, he is not the type of person who's going to tell you absolutely not, not going to do it. Uh, same with Buster Posey. Uh, if he would have, if they would have said, look, we're going to split you first base catcher, uh, which they did earlier in his career. He had no problem with it. That's just something you do. If you're going to win ball games, and, and and then they go on and win three championships, that's just what you have to do. Um, so I, I didn't. I did not expect it to be a problem. Um, I thought it was weird at the beginning when we first heard reports that maybe they're going to have uh, Correa play third for the first <laughs> year. That, that that's you don't give them that kind of money to play third base when you have other third basemen. So. Yeah, I mean, if if Crawford was in you know in his thirty two year versus his you know what what are what is he thirty five now thirty five like yeah then maybe you do the Jeter and A Rod thing where sure. you know he he plays there for a little bit longer. But am, am I? I feel like, and maybe this is just because I played middle infield in in um, when I was growing up. I feel like the transition from short to second would be better for him rather than short to third because his ability to read the ball up the middle, I feel, will help him make that transition versus the hot corner, which is a little bit of a different mentality. Like, I always hated – I didn't hate playing third base when I was growing up, but you it's a different type of infield. Like – you don't yes. get any reaction time really to make plays and your decision-making has to be immediate. Whereas when you play middle infield, you can read things and you can communicate with the shortstop a lot better about positioning. And I feel like that would help as well. And and maybe they don't want to move, move Tyro, which is which I get. But I just feel like, man, him and Correa up the middle, there, there'll be no baseballs that go uh, that go through there. Like it feels like that would be the way to go. But I keep hearing third base, like like you said. Yeah, well, I'll tell everybody right now. Go to YouTube uh, when, when you're done listening to the show. Don't go now. Uh, <laughs> after Afterwards, go to YouTube. Look up Carlos Correa Defensive Highlights 2022. There are so many highlights from him playing near the second base position because of the shift, which is gone next year. So it, it, and And the plays he makes over there are phenomenal. So to say that he could shift to second base is not off at all because he easily could. When you watch that highlight package, I think half of the plays that he makes um, are from the second base position or right behind the bag. Uh, and, and he's going to his right and turning and making the throw to first base. So he, so he can absolutely do it. Uh, and I envision that when they signed him too, I thought there's going to be, there's going to be games where, Maybe you have him at second, you have Crawford at short because you, you've got, you know, Logan Webb on the mound and, and you really want to get, he's going to get you a lot of ground balls. And, and, you know, if it's a team that hits it back up the middle, there you go. That's how you're going to position it. The Giants, you know how they are. They're going to sabermetrics the crap out of this infield positioning, especially with no shift this year. They're really going to put guys in positions to make plays. So I wouldn't be shocked at all to see Brandon Crawford at short and Carlos Correa at second base for quite a few games. Uh, yeah, Carlos Correa is also somebody who is uh, very much into the into the metrics and the analytics. Yes. So he's and and I liked his quote. I don't remember who said it. it may have been uh, may have been uh, Grant Brisby. Something about how. 
he follows that stuff and he knows and he pays attention to that stuff because all the dis- dis- the decision makers are using those tools to uh, to make decisions. So I thought that oh, yeah. was really interesting. Pretty smart guy. Uh, okay, and and I guess uh, I guess that's all we can really say about Carlos yeah. until until we figure it out. What what? Well, what hold on. I'm going to refresh Twitter one more time before okay. we move <laughs> on. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Still. Yeah. No. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing <laughs> unless you're an A's fan and the the, the A's <laughs> yeah. signed right-hander Drew Rosinski to. Uh, there you go. A 34-year-old right-hander. Yes, the old for, quadruple A A's. Spent uh, <laughs> spent his past four years in Korea. A's is uh, a yeah. big big off season for them. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> poor A's. I, know, I mean, I, know. That I was, want that, them to that, be good. That was uh, no. That, that was kind of a low blow by me. But it was correct. But I I, <laughs> I want to see them be good again some year. I mean, because it, it you know when the A's and Giants are good. The Bay Area during the summer is buzzing with baseball because yeah. when the Giants are out of town, you could go to Oakland and you could watch good baseball over there too. So I I want them to get a new stadium, even though I, I don't like the A's at all. Yeah, I want them to get that new stadium by the water and I want them to spend money and I want them to get good players. Yeah, I mean, I it's fun. It, it's, it's good for baseball. It's good for Bay Area baseball. So. No, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I guess let's. Uh, should we go to the to the judge report to the last ever judge report? There we I go. Think, I think we should do that, and then yeah. we'll, and then we'll go into the stripling and and the redone to the Yankees thing. Uh, okay. So, uh, so let's talk about. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm just gonna have to do it. I'm just gonna have to do it. <laughs> All right, Buster Olney reported. He wrote a really good story on like the last forty-eight hours of Aaron Judge's uh, free agent period, and uh, I, f- I found the article very fascinating. Now, I know, and this is this is what you said too: is that Judge really, really wanted to go back to the Yankees, and I agree a hundred percent. That that's definitely was his first choice, but in negotiation, the Giants go into negotiation knowing that and knowing that they're going to have to win the deal. Like that's just, you know, they're going to have to basically give more than the Yankees would have to give in order to get him. How much, how much do you really love the Yankees, Aaron? (laughs) Is it enough to, I don't know, say no to 60 million extra dollars. It it would have been one of those things. So, yeah. Uh, the 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 piece of uh, of the reporting that I, I thought was really interesting is Hal Steinbrenner was in Italy, and I don't know, uh, I, you know, I'm sure it was Cashman and the agents, and I don't I don't know how much communication there was between Cashman and and Steinbrenner, but supposedly uh, Boone had to call Hal Steinbrenner because he saw the John Heyman tweet that the Giants were going to get Judge. And Farhan Zaidi reached out to Heyman to say, uh, no, that is, <laughs> there's no deal. <laughs> and so that, but that tweet prompted Boone to call Hal Steinbrenner to say, Hal, 
you you need to have a conversation with this guy. You you, you really need to see what it's going to take to to keep him. So Boone calls Judge. I think Boone called Judge and was like, "You still want to be here, right?" And Judge's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Okay." So Judge called Hal, and Hal said, "Okay." You know, what are the Giants offering? And I think he gave the number and then he said, okay, we'll match. And then it was done deal. Now, he obviously wanted to be there, of course. But what if, what if the Giants number was 400? And what if Aaron Judge goes, uh, yeah, the Giants are at 400. And Hal's like, we were at 320. Like, can we meet halfway at 360? And Aaron Judge is like, I don't want to leave money on the table. And Hal's like, all right, I'm going to go back to my vacation. <laughs> like that could have happened. Like in some ulterior universe, that could have happened. Yeah. And so I'm I'm happy with what the Giants did. I'm happy that Aaron Judge is happy. Um, ha- not as happy that Carlos Rodon is going to wear pinstripes, but at least he's out of the 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 National League. He's not wearing Dodger blue. Yes. So that's fine. But you know, there there is that piece of me where I was like, you guys had to go higher than the other team was going to go, and maybe. They didn't want Judge as badly as, you know, maybe they would have taken him at that, but they wouldn't have taken him at more. And that's totally fine. Giants had to make yeah. that decision as well. We got Correa. But that was like, I just thought that whole thing was fascinating about, you know, you would think the owner is like, no, like this is the free agent period. I got to be available for my guys. And he's like, nope, Italy, I'm on vacation. You guys deal with this stuff. Because you see yeah. the the Mets owners like involved in like every bit of these deals, right? And, and oh, so yeah. that, I don't know. I found that whole story very fascinating. I, I, st- I still think it's funny that Hal was on vacation in Italy when their number one target was still out there. I don't I mean I, yeah, I yeah. vacations. I mean, exactly. you know, because sometimes your wife is like we are going on vacation. And exactly. Like, okay, exactly. we're going on vacation. But um, yeah, and, and and my question is, did the Giants, was that their final offer? I, I don't it know if we've ever It didn't sound like it. It didn't. So, so why weren't they then, when the Yankees, again, the, the only reason is because I know the answer, because Judge wanted to be a yeah. Yankee. Yeah. But, but at that point, if they matched it, and he was really about the money, I think he would have gone back to the Giants and said, Yankees matched it, got that ninth year, nine years, right? He yeah. ended up getting the nine years. Got that ninth year, matched your 360. Uh, you guys have anything to say? But I don't think that ever happened. I think it, it, was just, it doesn't sound like it. Yeah. It just kind of feels like it was the, the Giants are going, you know, balls to the wall here. Uh, are you guys willing to? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. Um, and it's a done deal. And that was it. No, no call back to the Giants, uh, which is a little bit, I feel is a little bit of a slap in the face. Um, I know Zadie is being very, very political, and and I appreciate that, and I understand that by saying that he doesn't feel like they were used for leverage. Yeah. And he and he has to say that because you you have sure. to also keep good face with the agents you have to keep good face with the yankees organization because if you want to make a trade with them at some point you can't slander them now yes obviously he's going to say all of that stuff i still we all know it was a slap in the face it was a i got what i wanted from the yankees thank you very much adios 
we'll see it. But again, if the Giants' final offer, like you said, was four hundred million, nine years, um, would the Yankees have boned up and matched it? And if they would have gone as high as, well, we can go three sixty, nine years, would he have taken that Yankees offer and left money on the table? Like you said, I. I'm I'm leaning towards yes. I'm leaning towards he would have said, mm, really, really want to be a Yankee. I think I'm just going to take this deal. It's it's kind of in my target price of where I was going to uh, yeah. settle at. So so I'll take it. So a bit frustrating, but it happened. Yeah, and uh, ultimately, I think you want the guy who wants to be here and mm-hmm. at least we hope because uh, we still yeah. have that uh, issue going on with the the medicals uh, but i'm going to refresh twitter <laughs> <laughs> brandon drury signed with uh, the angels two for 17 oh there we go that's, hey, what I saw. A, that's a big deal <laughs> uh uh so yeah so you know i think it works out for the best uh you hope that uh, aaron judge uh you know has a good career and that he, that he plays yeah, yeah. well, but he is still dead to me. All yeah, right, yeah. I hope I hope he's extremely healthy and I hope he hits one home run, <laughs> six hundred at bats a year for the next nine years, but only one home run a season. Oh man, but stays healthy, very healthy. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. There you go. All right, what are you drinking there tonight? I um, so I had I hadn't bought anything from Total Wine in a long time. So the other day. We found out we had free shipping or free delivery. So like what we like to do, because sometimes we're lazy and I don't <laughs> like to go, especially don't like to go to many stores during the holiday season. And, if and, I can avoid yeah, it. Yeah, it's packed. It's cold. Yeah. So so here's a here's a fun story. So <laughs> so the day before, uh, let's see, this was Thursday of last week. I picked a bunch of holiday beers. I go, yeah, I haven't, I haven't had any holiday beers yet. So I, I'm going to grab a bunch. So I grabbed a bunch and I also grabbed a bottle of Evan Williams bottled in bond. So I there love Evan Williams, another great budget one. It's like 16 bucks, um, 50%. Uh, it is just a hundred. So it's a hundred proof, just very tasty, excellent with an ice cube. Uh, so I did that. My wife got some wine, some tequila, some stuff. Um, so we did the uh, ship to the house the next day. All they had was the 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. So this was on Friday. So after work, I get off on Friday uh, and I drive uh, over to PetSmart because I go, oh, shoot, we're out of cat food, which is right next door to Total Wine. So <laughs> so I go in to PetSmart. I get the cat food, get some cat toys uh, from from Santa that are, are going to go in the uh, in the stocking. And then, uh, and I hop over next door and I go, by the way, you guys are delivering in about three hours to my house, but I'm here. Can I just grab it? So they, they go ahead and give it to me. Oh, cool. So I end up going into two stores anyways, even though I didn't want to, wait, did Uh, you still have to, did you still have to, uh, um, pay the shipping? No, no, because that was free. We had a coupon for that, okay. anyways. So it's, it's ten dollars delivery. So if you if you want them to drive out to your house and drop it off, it's ten bucks. But since we had it free, we go, oh, that's cool. And then we can give the guy like you know a five or ten bucks, uh, you know, Merry Christmas. Um, so I was still able to hand the guy a five dollar bill. Okay, say, thanks, thanks for walking to the back and bringing it to mm-hmm. me. So 
that's worth five that's bucks cool. during the holidays. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we went to a restaurant on Saturday, and I uh, they had some cocktails, and I don't normally get cocktails. I just usually get straight bourbon. But I was like, eh, it's the holidays. Let me see what they got. And I've never had a whiskey smash. I've I've heard of a whiskey sour, but I've right. never had a whiskey smash before. Never heard of it. And I believe it is just bourbon, lemon, and simple syrup. I th- I think oh. that's uh, oh mint mint as well mint mint. Oh well. okay, that sounds pretty so good. very tasty. But I could tell I could, I could really really taste the sugar. It was way too sweet. Oh okay. And so then as we were sitting there waiting for our food, I just googled, "Can you make a whiskey smash?" without the simple syrup not really like there was no real recipes for it but as an alternative what i learned is that some people drink bourbon with ginger ale mix yes i do that i do that and so i then went and got some diet ginger ale and mixed it with the bourbon and it doesn't taste exactly like a whiskey smash there's lemon and and ginger ale have a different taste but that is a actual good mix of flavors there the bourbon and the diet ginger ale yeah i get the um the trader joe's brand bourbon and it's it's really re- it's pretty tasty but it's not it's not fantastic by itself but that's what i use to throw a shot into my zevia ginger ales yeah uh during the summer but, you know, as soon as the Giants game starts, I'll pour one of those. I can sip on that sucker for like hour and a half. But by the time I'm done drinking it, and it's it's very good. I like that. So awesome. Okay, so let's uh, let's finish off this show with just a couple more topics here. Mm-hmm. And Ross Stripling, who the Giants signed to, just about the same deal that they signed Sean Manea to. They are like the opposite kind of pitchers. Yeah. Ross Stripling is all about control, control, control. Though he doesn't really miss bats. Manea has control problems, but if his stuff is good, then you know he'll miss more bats. Almost like you put them together and they're kind of like maybe the one pitcher that you want. But as back end of the rotation, guys, what do you think about Stripling and Manea together? Uh, as uh, you know, filling out your five or six man rotation there. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely good with this. Obviously, we would have loved Correa, uh, or sorry, uh, <laughs> we still would love Correa. Uh, we would have loved Rodon, uh, Ron Carlos, but he didn't get you know, a seven year deal though. He didn't get no, he didn't get seven. And when I saw the deal that he got, I thought, huh, I think we could have done that. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. We have Manea. We have Stripling. Uh, we have Webb. We have Wood. Uh, Di Sclafani. Um, who am I missing? I think I'm missing somebody. Uh, Cobb. You say Cobb? And Cobb. And Cobb. So so, so I like I like our rotation, especially because we have a lot of ground ball guys. Uh, Stripling is one of those guys that I was I, – I know he's 33 years old, but I was personally shocked that he got the same deal that Manea got. Because I, I think Stripling, I would have been fine if they would have said uh, two-year deal, uh, 
30 million done locked yeah. up no option out after first year because uh, again stripling has the history with with kapler um you know wood was a teammate of his uh zadie was over with the dodgers when he was there so so he has that history he, he knows the situation he knows what the giants are going to do uh grant brisby wrote a nice article about this signing uh talked about how Stripling talks about pitching to quadrants. I mean, when we're talking like, you know, sabermetrics and we're talking, you know, full on analytics, we're, yep. we talk quadrants, right? That's <laughs> nerd. That, that's what we talk about. We don't talk about high in the zone or, you know, low and away. No, we talk about quadrants. Uh, so, so I'm happy about that situation that that he's fully engulfed in that and, and knows that well. Um, Manea is the only question mark, but again, you know, if they're stuck at 25 million for two years, because he has a bad year this year. And, and then, and then again, he's off the books when 2024 rolls around or sorry, when 2025 rolls around uh, it, it doesn't hurt you. It's not, it's not a situation where you say, well, you know, we're threw out a contract of, you know, four years to Manea because he was really good three years ago. Uh, I I'm happy that the giants are not that organization. Um, but then, I, but then I started thinking, I want to ask you this question mm-hmm. as I, as I'm reading these and I'm watching these deals come in over the past couple of weeks. If, if this is working, which, you know, people say it's working because it's turning pitchers, uh, uh careers around, uh, you know, getting them healthy again, uh, but we're not signing them in Gossman and Rodone. Let's say hypothetically the Giants do that this year and win the World Series. Yes, it worked. But how do you strike lightning in the same place twice again the next season? Uh, because those pitchers were obviously good. They probably take deals elsewhere and move along, or do the Giants jump out and say, "Let's restructure, let's try to repeat, let's try to keep this thing going"? Because who do you get next season then yeah. to play those roles and continue to be an organization that wants to go to the playoffs year after year after year and try to win championships when you don't have that consistency in starting pitching? That is. That's one of those things where you're like, okay, we'll have, we'll deal with it when we get there. Right now they had a little bit of it in, you know, 107 wins. And then Gossman seemed like he was very interested in coming back and the giants didn't even make him an offer. (laughs) Cause that's not what they do. They don't, they're, they're, they're like five years. No, we're that. We just don't do that. Right. Uh, They don't, they don't want dead money in pitching. Um, there obviously we're fine with a little bit of dead money on the offensive side of things, because when, when you look at it, there are players in the minors that might be able to come up and, and do that. Tommy Listella is the perfect example. He just did not pan out at all, but there's Tyra Estrada ready to step in and play the role of the second baseman. Uh, and then all of a sudden year after year, get better and better and better. Um, so, so you can always with pitching that's hard to do. You can look at your your minor league pitching, but you could say, well, let's we have Kyle Harrison. Let's just bring him up. Well, then if he has a, a rocky two starts, then where are you at? That's a big chunk of what you're expecting of the guy for the rest of the season. So, so pitching's a little more difficult. Yeah. Um, so, I think the thing that I would be um, 
I, I, okay, what do you do when Logan Webb is an unrestricted free agent? Now, luckily for us, the Giants have him. Uh, they have his rights for four more years. But let's say in 2026, Logan Webb is a above average starter. He's played his whole career with the Giants. The market is that he's in line for a five-year deal because he's still only 29 years old. Right. That does not fit with the Giants necessarily do. So they can't, because I think some of it, to answer your question, some of it is that they know they have an ace. If they didn't have an ace, they may have to pony up for an ace. Right. They've let two guys go in Radon and Gossman who are probably of the echelon of being an ace, but you know, Gossman probably a two or a three and with Radon because of his health stuff, you'd rather him be a two, but still if someone wanted to pay them as an ace, you go, okay, I, I sort of get that. If they do the same thing when Logan Webb, Webb comes up, then you're sort of searching for an ace. And maybe they hope, like you said, the Kyle Harrison thing, maybe Kyle Harrison becomes the ace. But if you're, if you're looking to fill out a rotation, two through five, two through six, you probably feel like you can do that every other year and just bring multiple guys in. And someone like uh, Alex Wood, who, you know, if the Giants didn't sign Alex Wood, I mean, does anybody sign him, right? Like, who knows? Who knows what his career was looking like, uh, you know, at that point? Because he's not really a hard thrower. He's not the kind of pitcher that teams are looking for. Uh, to to be a rotation piece in 2020, well, Giants when they, when they signed him 21 or whatever. Right. So yeah, there's a few a few different things there, and I, uh, you know, we we won't know for four years, but the whole Logan Webb right. thing will be will be quite interesting when we get there. And and I think that's going to be different uh, again. If it were half the Giants Twitter, uh, if it, if it was their choice. Zadie wouldn't be here in four years. <laughs> he may not so, be anyway. He right? may not be. He may not be. We we don't know. Uh, you go from 107 wins to 81 wins. Next year is a huge year. This Correa thing, I don't want to call it a debacle yet because we don't know anything. But this Correa thing could be an issue. Uh, next year is kind of his calling card year. Who Who... What what have I done in this organization now after winning 107, then going backwards and winning 81, and then now, what 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 was I able to do? Bounce back or not bounce back? So so when we had all of this money to spend, we still need a reliever, at yep. least one. Uh, we still need a center fielder who can who can, who can, you know, track down everything in that gigantic center field. <laughs> um, could probably still use another catcher, uh, probably use a first baseman. I mean, there's still work to be done. Uh, the Giants seem to be hitting hurdle after hurdle um, in this offseason. So that being said, th- if he's there in four years, this will be our first taste of what do you do with a homegrown starting pitcher if Webb continues on this track? What do you do with a homegrown starting pitcher who is really, really good. You can't let him walk. He's homegrown. He went through the organization. Um, he came up during your time. 
It's not a Gossman. It's not a Rodone. I mean, that, that, that's going to be a tough one. If they don't give him a five-year deal, uh, I think you're going you're gonna to get a lot of revolt from the fans. That is, that is interesting. Yeah, especially if he's productive. If he's right, who right, they, right. they he expect has to be productive. To be, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So la- last thing, I just want to quickly talk about Manea because he did do a conference call with the with the press. I found this very interesting that he admitted this. He admitted he has at times been lazy and lackadaisical between starts. Yikes. He, you know, he was obviously a guy who found success very early on in his career. And he said the 2022 season was very, very difficult and hopes it'll be a blessing in disguise. He's quoted as saying, as much as it sucks to have the year I had last year, I think going forward, it was probably the best thing for me as far as lighting a fire under my butt and really getting my routines down. And I realize I can't just stay in this game if I'm going to be lazy. It's kind of disrespectful to the people that have come before me, that are coming after me. It really made me realize that I have to put the work in. I have to do the little things that most people don't know about. But if I want to be up here and be the person I know I can be, it's those little things last year definitely made me realize those things. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was quite the... That was quite the honesty from him. And, you know, maybe he feels that being that forthright in the, in this new opportunity, you know, he gets a little bit of the benefit of the doubt if he doesn't start out uh, well, as it, well as he wants. And it's accountability. You, yeah. he, he's now holding himself accountable for what happens. What, what, yeah. What's the, what, what's the, the saying? I like it because you and I work out a lot. So I always like the, like to hear these little sayings, but the, the, you know, a setback is a setup for a comeback. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of what 2022 was for him. Um, and, and here he is, you know, betting on on himself with a two-year deal opt out after one. Uh, it's up to him. It's, it, it is like, I always tell my kids, you know, with your homework and your grades, it's, it's not the teacher. It's not anybody. It's you. It, this is on you, man. Uh, whatever you decide to do is the result that you're going to get. So him, I think him saying that in in the presser is pretty much saying like, I'm calling myself out. Yeah. It is now out there. Nobody else said it. I said it. So if I fail, it's on me. And I like that. I I think good on him. Um, The giants pitching uh, uh, coaching staff is phenomenal. We've, we've seen, what they can do. And and so of course, Shamanea, no idiot. He sees that. He also is familiar with the Bay area and he goes, that's where I'm going to get back on track. That, yeah. that team, that pitching staff, that, that coaching staff over there, that's where I'm going to get back on track. Yeah. And he has a, uh, a manager who is the non-laziest guy you've ever yes. seen? <laughs> doesn't even eat. Doesn't even eat birthday cake. Yeah, that's, you exactly. know that's how hardcore. <laughs> uh, all right, we're gonna end this a little bit early because uh, hey, it's the holidays. We get we get five yeah. minutes oh, I, of our time back. I want to refresh Twitter one more time. Uh oh, hang on, just in case. I see news about Harrison Ford. He's alive, don't worry. Uh, but I see news about him. Did the A's uh, sign another player? Who's Thirty-eight <laughs> no, still, years old. Still, oh, there's a final of the Rams score. I don't need to see that again for crying out loud. 
Brandon Drury. Uh, let me switch. So Twitter's got that thing where you could do see the latest tweets instead. I always mm-hmm. forget to switch to that. Um, uh, no, there, hey, there's Robert Portnoy. He's at uh, uh, a Lobos New Mexico basketball game, calling basketball tonight. Friend of the show. There you go. Um, but uh, uh, no, sir. Not Brandon Drury. That's all we got. By the way, I do want to apologize to uh, to Justin, who we had on last week, because I think we jinxed uh, our, our Spartans. Yeah, yeah. They took it on the nose today. Uh, they got beat pretty pretty badly, uh, I would say, uh, yeah. by Eastern Michigan. So unfortunate, but hey, it, it's if you can get back to the bowls, you know, two out of three years, I think the program is on the up and up. And next yeah. year. Just get there and, and win and win one next year. Well, and and so Coach Brennan did a great job. So he's zero two in bowl games. That's fine. He's gotten there. Uh, he's he's the last coach to get there uh, with San Jose State in at least two bowl games was Claude Gilbert in 1986 and 1987. I was a, a youthful 13 and 14 year old at that time. So that that should tell you it's been a long time. So we appreciate everything Coach Brennan has done for the program. Yeah, for sure. Okay, next week, we are going to probably come back on Tuesday again, just because, you know, Monday after Christmas, people have day off, and, and you know, we, we want to make sure that, uh, you know, we're spending time with our families as well, uh, but we're going to try and come back on Tuesday, and if all things uh, work out, we are going to interview a Giants fan who was written up in uh, The Athletic by Dan Brown about being... uh, So his goal was to get every autograph in the 1979 San Francisco Giants media guide. And uh, he's got uh, like a little movie called The Adventures of the Superfan on Vimeo. And his name... I'm I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but Charles Frakia or Frakia. Uh, and, and he, he reached out to us and he wanted to come on. And I think it's a cool story. And being that it is the week after Christmas, you know, I don't imagine tons of news is going to be on. We thought it'd be a good time to hear some stories because Brad and I have talked about it. Like the seventies are like really our blind spot when oh, it yeah. comes to giants baseball. So he, this is like his, like, this is his time. So, uh, trying to work it out for next Tuesday. So, if, uh, if we can do it, he will be on with us. But we will still do a show. Uh, I don't like going dark. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we want to keep this consistency so that people can rely on us to get their Giants baseball talk. All right. We're, we're so, so we're like Cal Ripken. Yeah, We're like exactly. the Cal Ripken of the podcasting, right? Exactly. The podcasting world. So, so some quick names from 79, uh, because it's just always, always fun to look at. Greg Minton, Vita Blue. Mike Sadek, Daryl Evans, Johnny Lamaster, Bill my Madlock. First, my first favorite player of all time, Jack Clark. There you go. Mine was Daryl Evans. That that was my guy because oh, the mean, same he, last name. Yeah, so I thought like I cousin. thought that was my uncle. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, maybe I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll talk about it. The, the late seventies Giants, they had a couple of good teams, and even into the early eighties, and then they had some really bad teams. But yeah. all right. So uh, we'll be back next week. Happy holidays to everybody. Uh, For Brad, I am Garrett. Uh, See you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.